Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast with me, Andy Barge, and today the Daily Record's Gordon Parks. On today's pod, we'll be looking at Celtic's recent results against St Johnston and Aberdeen. We'll look ahead to the Salzburg match in the Europa League, and we'll also look at Bryn Rogers' recent comments about what was a potential move to China in the summer window. So, Gordon, we'll start off with recent events on the park. 1-0 wins against St Johnston and Aberdeen. Was that just what Celtic needed? Well, it's incredible to talk about Celtic and a Celtic side that needed to steady the ship, but they did. And back-to-back wins were required. Again, the performances weren't what you'd expect for Celtic. They're still not firing. They're getting results now, though, which is important, and that will galvanise them. Big week ahead, and I think they needed to get some kind of confidence restored. They had to show that they were united again. They've come out with the right messages on the back of that. The players have shown with their performances that they're capable of digging out results. And listen, fair enough for Celtic if they've uh, if they've hit a bump in the road, which they have, and they're able to progress from that. This is a Celtic team which is full of quality and it has not had the right dynamic since the start of this start of the season. They've been very flat, predictable, but every team goes through that kind of spell, and I think now they can look to emerge from that and push on with confidence. The result. The results were the most important thing. Lee Griffiths laid down a bit of a marker. Do you see him coming to the fore in the next few months? I always felt that Lee needed to play. I think certainly when he came on in the Kilmarnock game, I think he looked as if he needed games. You know, he's a boy that maybe puts on weight quickly and I think you have to give him a sustained run. He's the most natural instinctive finisher that Celtic have. Celtic, for me, need to start with a two anyway. Eduard alongside Griffiths, for me, is perfect. The Edward's not an actual number nine. Griffiths plays the role well. If you put the ball in the box, he will score. I know he missed chances in the St Johnson game particularly, but he will score you goals and he's proven that. Yeah, the St Johnson game, he did miss a couple of guilt-edged opportunities, but he was a man on the spot, ready to tuck the ball away when the ball broke him. And that's exactly what Celtic have... have well, not exactly, but it was one of many things Celtic have been missing in recent weeks. Celtic, when they were... Phenomenal and not on every club aside, weekend after week, they were playing with real width, they were getting balls into the box, they had a style of play that would mix it up and they demonstrated a lot of flair, uh, so it worked for them, but when you can through a sticky spell, you need somebody to step up, you need somebody to pull your goal out, uh, even if it's a late goal, as Griffiths has got a habit of doing, he's got that knack, he illuminates the park when he comes on. He's a player which the opposition respect massively and he finds that bit of yard to dig his club out of a hole and he's proven that talisman now. And the one who stepped up at the weekend after a lot of criticism, including us last week on the podcast, myself and Liam, Scott Sinclair, uh, what a finish. Incredible to think that he comes up with a finish as subtle and so clever as that, given the back catalogue this season which has been under... Welming is a player capable of so much more. Again, I don't think it was particularly great when he came on. Mm-hmm. 
against Aberdeen, but sometimes it just takes a moment, that one spark, that one opportunity to bury it, and it turns things around for you. And I think that will be the case. I think Sinclair knows himself that he he's failed to hit the ground running this season. And listen, again, it happens. Players can't be expected to completely sustain brilliance for a period of time. They will dip, but hopefully that's him over that now. Well, you could see the outpouring of relief in his face and his celebration. His fist pumping away as he, as he ran behind the net. Hopefully, from Sinclair's point of view, he can kick on from that now. I think it's very telling. I think that explosion of emotion, relief, um, breaking his duck. Again, it's incredible to think Scott Sinclair with what he's offered and brought to Scottish football in the last couple of seasons goes this long without scoring. But I also think the reaction from his teammates to scoring and the joy that they had for him is very telling. And again, it goes against the grain of those that suggest that it's a divided dressing room and everyone isn't pulling together. Well, those results, those back-to-back results came just after Brennan Rodgers revealed he was perhaps close to moving to China in the summer. That can't have been great for the, the dressing room and the and the spirit of the team. He's an experienced manager. I think he's timed his comments deliberately. Um, I think it's a kind of statement from Brendan to say, be careful for what you wish for. Uh, this is a manager of pedigree who will have oppor- opportunities, no doubt. I'm sure there's been others. I think he timed his remark to try and cement the fact that he's committed to Celtic and also cement the thought in people's minds that uh, nothing lasts forever. He is somebody who will be in great demand and maybe hinting to Celtic fans that they should be grateful to have him. Do you think he is fully committed to Celtic? I do. I know that. Uh, I know it, maybe you don't share that opinion, but I think he's a manager who's come out and stated his intention to remain. I think his life... Living in Bears Den is a happy one, I think. It's so convenient for him, close to the training ground. He knows he's got a, a landscape in Scotland where he can uh, domestically achieve. Raise his stock, and I'm not qualifying for the Champions League. He's been a massive blow to his own ambitions and his stature, but I think uh, I think it's premature to start talking about a successor to a manager that's got a lot to do still. I think that if Rodgers was to go in and win, a triple treble. His stock would never be higher from from his point of view. If he achieves much more success this season, has would he have done all all he can? Well, the the Holy Grail's ten in a row. He's not that far away from it. He's still a young man. He knows that it's achievable. I think, as a Celtic fan and a guy that's been brought up with the traditions of Celtic, to hammer his name into the history books with that achievement. It's a massive lure for a guy with that passion for the club. And I think, and I understand that there'll be a pull eventually, no doubt when a premiership job becomes available, we'll be linked with it. But I think that alone, that opportunity to put himself up there with, with arguably the greatest Celtic manager of all, of all time, that's enormous. Well, we'll see how it, it plays out. The, the next thing Brendan Rodgers has got to worry about, though, is the Salzburg match. That's going to be a tough one. I think... Celtic are going there appreciating that they're playing against a real quality side. This is a team that haven't that have won the last nine games. Yeah, all nine in the league. And they play with an energy and tempo, which is exactly um, it's a pressing style which Celtic have shown this season and certainly towards it in the last season that they don't cope well with. I think it will be a pragmatic Celtic approach, and I think they realise that this is an away game where if they can get a point, it's a good result. I think it would be a tremendous result yeah. for Celtic to to leave Salzburg with a point. They've already shown what they can do against Leipzig 
Um, the next couple of games, that, or the next four games after that, are St Johnston, then Hibs, Leipzig and Hearts. That's that's a tricky run domestically. It is. I wasn't part of the crew that was that was in the prophet of doom that Celtic's bubble had burst. That there was a crisis. I didn't believe. I thought it was far too early to even talk about that. I still think that Celtic will win the league comfortably. They could win the league by a ten point plus margin. They're more than capable of doing that. They're by far. In a way, the most talented team, once they start to click, they will be an awesome force. And I think anybody that's predicting a real genuine title challenge, if they can, if the clubs that are chasing and hanging around can do so up till Christmas, they're doing well because I expect Celtic to start stretching their legs. What about Hearts, though? Do you feel that this game that Celtic have against them really would define how much of a challenge they can sustain? I think it's more important for Hearts. I've watched them now. Frequently over the last few weeks, I think they're so well equipped. They have a spirit. They have a, a straightforward game plan that they execute really well. They're scoring goals. They're keeping clean sheets. They're an awesome force just now. But this is a run for Hearts, which will be the acid test. I don't think that really applies to Celtic because they're more than good enough to go in a sustained run. I think when you've got Hearts coming up against Rangers, Hibs, Celtic, Aberdeen... Aberdeen yeah. This will be the spell that makes or breaks them, and I think Craig Levine will know that himself. One of the games in that run is the semi-final at Hamden. The scheduling of the matches has caused a little bit of furore. Um, do you think it's much to do about nothing or genuine concern? No, I think it's a massive concern. As a, a guy that lives in Glasgow, I realise that the build-up to this Sunday will be an occasion that people will turn into something that maybe shouldn't shouldn't be. There will 100,000 fans... Congregating in Glasgow is never a good I- idea with the, with the length of time that we're talking. I mean, you've got a full day's drinking uh, for both sets of fans. It's a recipe for disaster. It's not. I mean, there must be another way. I fail to believe that there's not an, another option that there can be the S- SPFL can turn to. It seems to be far too. I'm amazed the police are saying that that's really mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make. I think the police now carry that responsibility and make sure the Sunday goes off without a problem. I have my doubts, like I say, as a Glaswegian, I know the perils of uh, alcohol in the town centre. I'm sure we've all been around situations where football and drink merge and you've got a perfect storm here. Surely though, if it does kick off around the stadium or the city centre, the SPFL and the police aren't to blame, it's the fans that do it. It is the fans that do it, but they, they've got a duty of care to the average football fan that goes along to watch their team and support them and enjoy the spectacle. You've got fans in the stadium that could be a problem. It could be damage to the toilets, it could be damage to the seats. The team that loses, are they going to react badly? Because you always have a bad minority who will capitalise on this opportunity to make head headlines, and that for me is the biggest worry. What's your solution? I think that they have to rethink it and find another date, manage to shuffle it around and squeeze a fixture in. How they do that isn't my responsibility. I'm not paid well to make that decision. There's people that have paid a lot of money to come up with a solution and I, I don't see enough effort being made to do that. Well, Celtic play Hearts in the league the following weekend. Why, why can't it just be shuffled around that way? That, for me, would be a perfect uh, example of thinking outside the box. It's a logical move. I just don't see they're willing to do it now. I think uh, the SPFL are committed, they've made their stance and they're not for budging. But I think, again, it has to go back to the police. The police must realise that the the manpower that will be required to make sure that this goes by without a problem is going to be enormous. The possible ramifications of it not going well, what it does for Scottish football, 
These are all things that had to be factored in a lot more. I think the decision was made far too quickly as well. It'll be some day of football though, and there's an old classical sandwich in between the the two of them as well. So it'll be a, a full eight hours of, of good good footage. Well, I've got pals that will go and they watch uh, Celtic Hearts, and they'll go and they'll go to town early in the afternoon. They'll drink a bucket load. They'll get to the game. It's an awful long day, but then you've got the lag of the the game. It kicks off in the lunch time. They'll come back into town. There's going to be a merging there of minds, and again, it's a perfect storm, a recipe for disaster. I think if it does go well, though, or surely, surely it's an opportunity to really showcase what's good about Scottish football. Any other country in the world, I would agree with you, but we're talking about the west of Scotland, we're talking about um, a, a section of support which can't be depended on, and that's a sad indictment, but it's a fact. And there's so many examples that you could look at that to say that if you go and ask the minority who are intent in causing trouble to behave themselves. Some of them just can't do it. Yeah, well, it is a, a sad in, indictment on reality. But let's hope it goes off without a hitch. I'm sure that it'll be there'll be two fantastic games uh, in any case. As we get closer to that game, the January transfer window also comes closer. Celtic have a few players running out of contract. Uh, James Force has just signed for four years, but expiring are the ones that start most games are Brown, Lustig and Boyata. What do you expect to happen with that trio? Well, Brown's a fit of comp He wants to stay there. The club want to keep him. Um, you've got a marriage made in heaven. That won't be a problem. I would suggest that Boyata is killing time. He will go in January. I think there's a realisation there that um, he will move for big money. And I think the Even club, with six months left? I think so. I think, yeah, especially if... Well, if Celtic managed to stay in Europe beyond Christmas, it changes the game a wee bit. But I just think that uh, once you get to January, you've got clubs that are desperate to bring in quality defenders. They will regard Bayata as a an arrival that will go and make or break their season once you get to that kind of spell. And clubs are prepared to pay for that. Yeah, lower lower end Premier League clubs can wipe their backside with ten million. I mean, yeah. they don't really have to think twice if yeah. a player that they're wanting becomes available yeah. for the, for that sum. What about Lustig? Great servant to the club. He's done a great job. Um, I think Celtic, part of their rebuilding will entail bringing an addition in the right-hand side. I think Lustig's a player now who's going to be on the fringes and I think maybe good for him to get away and play. I just think he's ran his race with Celtic and it's time to freshen things up. I think it's pretty clear that Celtic don't have the same threat from, from deep on the right-hand side as they do with Tierney on, on the left. That needs to be balanced out. Gamboa's come in um, and failed and I don't think we've seen much of him. I do I think they need somebody with energy and legs that will go up and down, put in a decent a decent cross, link up and I think that's one position which Celtic over the last couple of years have struggled to fill. Well, they were close to signing Cristiano Puccini mm-hmm. uh, who left Sporting Lisbon eventually for Valencia in the summer. Celtic had reps out in Lisbon but failed to get the deal over the line, surely there's another right back somewhere in Europe that the club are aware of that can come in and fill that attacking void. If you could come back again and play, you can back as a right back, Andy, because it seems seems to be <laughs> if you've got good energy and good legs and you can cross the ball, it's the greatest position to be in. There has to be a diamond out there that Celtic have got time now to go and assess properly and recruit well. Not something Celtic have been great at over the last few seasons. They've secured the services for another four years of James Forrest. Is that a bit of a no-brainer for you? Again, a player that loves the club. The club love him. Brendan Rodgers is a massive fan. He 
as a guy that's transformed his uh, fortunes at Celtic, he wasn't for me initially. I th- great potential. I think he had a massive lull. Frustratingly inconsistent. Patrick Roberts came and smothered them. Uh, I think it was a Bayern Munich game about a year ago that, that yeah. ignited. James Forrest is a regular Celtic player again. and He's a real potent threat now. He's managed to add a f- final product to his game. It's the curse that was of every, always missing, wasn't it? Every, every wide player. Once you can put goals and a final ball, a good delivery into your game, you're going to be a major asset and I think it's good business for Celtic. What is it exactly you think Rodgers values so much about Forrest? I think he's a manager that demands players play instruction and I think Forrest is an intelligent footballer. He knows when to get on the ball. He knows when to be conservative. He knows when to switch play. He knows when to go at his man. He doesn't do it enough for me. But Rogers is all about this kind of ball retention, changing the picture, the angle of attack. Forrest knows when to drop in. He's he plays the the team formation and functioning really well, and I think that Rogers appreciates that and he's got pace to die for. Are you surprised that nobody has come in to try and buy James Forrest over the years? Well, there's been rumour that uh, there's been English clubs looking at him again. Tottenham when Redknapp was he, the manager. Yeah, I think there maybe was something in that, but he's never been for me. Um, the final package wasn't there. He's put different strings to his bow, which has made him a kind of mainstay of a Celtic team now. Something I couldn't have imagined a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's to credit it's to credit him for that. Am I surprised that English clubs haven't come in? No because they'll have seen the same flaws as many observers criticise James Forrest for, and I think that was the reason why clubs weren't prepared to put their money where their mouth was, despite the potential that he obviously had. Because of his consistency now, do you think this is Celtic just taking care of themselves in case somebody does come in for him? Yeah, enough. Or do, they expect, do you expect him to be there for the next three or well, four Well, the message coming for him, there's no greater place to be. Why would you, if you're James Forrest, you're picking up a great salary, you're at a club which appreciates you, the fans adore him now, He's completely changed the picture with regards to his own future at Celtic. He's the most decorated Celtic player of all time. He's 14 medals that he has. Now. It's a remarkable achievement for a guy who's still got a lot of time left. I think he's only 27. Yeah, incredible. Forced, yeah. I remember him coming through with the Scotland under-21s. I used to watch him in Celtic youth team games. And really, he was the one that people spoke about as the real talent, the one kind of um, player that's coming through the academy that will reach the highest level. I don't think he's quite managed to deliver on that potential, but I think there's more than enough now in James Forrest, both for club and country, to see him as a valuable asset. Do you think he'll be a starter for Alex McLeish then? I think Alex McLeish will have to consider his options, and I think he needs the pace that Forrest brings. But again, I'll go back to the playing the team formation and the function, carrying out instruction, playing within the format that Alex McLeish would want. He knows that he can depend on James Forrest to do that. Okay, well, another player that Alex McLeish seems to want to depend on is Cal McGregor. He's a massive player for Celtic, but yeah. a quick Twitter search of McGregor and Brighton shows that there are rumours flying around for £10 million. If McGregor is being eyed up by other clubs, Celtic, I think, could demand a higher fee than that. I remember speaking to a Premiership manager about Cal McGregor and I asked... How does James Madison, who struggles to get a game at Aberdeen, get a move to Leicester City from Norwich for £26 million or yeah, whatever? And twice. As a guy like Callum McGregor, who, in his record for scoring goals in Europe, his nine goals he scored in the big games, mm-hmm. why is there not a clamour to get a valuation in Callum McGregor's head? And the answer was, and I think I agreed with it at the time, Callum McGregor's a player that every club would want 
every team would want in their team the energy and the versatility he has and the goal scoring threat but he's not got that bit of magic he's not that kind of game changing player he's more functional than that and okay. I think that made perfect sense to me again he's a Celtic boy he'd be loath to leave Celtic and I'm I think not sure I agree that he's not got a game changing moment in him I think you know I think he is a player who breaks the lines not as well as Stuart Armstrong did but gets forward to support really well but you're never really his finishings have been great I think he's a natural cam finisher which is one thing mm-hmm. and you pay a premium for that I just think he's more a kind of a functional performer for Celtic and capitalises on opportunities that come his way but I don't think he's that real kind of um, ma- maverick uh, I don't think he manipulates, the, he manipulates the ball as well as others in that position and I think he makes the most of his talent yeah what about Tom Rogic? He's been one that's not. He's a, com- com- he's, he's a complete example of what I was just saying. He's, you know, that's why I value Tom Rogic on a different level from a Callum McGregor because he has the magic dust. He's able to go and influence games in a way that McGregor can't. His ability to play in the half turn, see things that Callum McGregor can't see. He's a special player, and that's a special player that, that moves for the big money. Hmm. See, I would, I would always have. I've held them closer together in my estimations. Yeah. I, I think that Roderick probably is a superior player, but I think on his day, Cal McGregor is one of the best players in the league. I wouldn't argue with that, mm-hmm. but we're talking about it's his work ethic, it's his dynamic approach, it's his ability to go and time his runs. He's not all that often going to go and get the ball and be a game-changing player. He's more of a kind of opportunistic, instinctive mm-hmm. It's a special skill to be able to time your runs the way he does. He, he goes in at times and he manages to make the most of it. But again, he's making the absolute most of his talent and it's to his credit to do that. But he's not in the same stratosphere when it comes to invention as somebody like Roger. When Celtic do line up in a 4-2-3-1, McGregor these days in favour of Sinclair finds himself out on the left. Do you feel though he's better suited to that number 10 role? Well, let me ask you a question. Scott Sinclair's got um, ability in abundance. He's got real pace. He's got, he's got jet-heeled ability to get to bylines and he mm-hmm. has got real invention. He can go inside, outside. When he's a confident Scott Sinclair would get a game ahead of Callum McGregor every day of the week with the consistency that McGregor brings. And again, Rogers likes dependable players. He likes to know that he can trust them. He can trust Callum McGregor. You know what you're getting. With Sinclair... Um, it's been hit or a miss and that's why McGregor's come to the fore because game after game after game he delivers well that'll wrap up for this week thanks very much for listening and remember you can subscribe to the Record Celtic podcast on Acast and iTunes and all the other regular platforms cheers cheers